Welcome to the Truth Hurts Program. I'm Steve Z. Let's get right to it. Well, good morning and welcome back to the Truth Hurts Program with Steve Z. It is April the 6th. It is a Tuesday and we're still traveling in the front seat of the old F-250. And what's that smell? Oh, God, it's the smell of another gropey Joe Biden lie. That's right, boys and girls. Not only a lie, but basic plagiarism once again on the part of the groper in chief. Now, you all might remember that twice before gropey Joe Biden tried to run for the presidency and twice before he had to step out of the race because he got caught claiming something he said was his own words, but it turned out to be words that he appropriated, stole, basically plagiarized from other authors, then tried to claim that they were his own. And then stumbled and stuttered and stammered and mumbled and fumbled and said, but, 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 I paraphrased. No, you direct quoted. But I'm not talking about those past occurrences from 20 plus years ago. I'm talking about something he recently said when Joe Biden was quoting the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the official newspaper of record of what is now deemed racist Atlanta, Georgia, a high-populated African-American 13% double-A hyphenated city of Atlanta. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, if you might recall, published a wild story claiming with what they called facts that the the, the, uh, recent Georgia election laws were reminiscent of Jim Crow-era suppressionist laws designed to keep hyphenated American minorities from voting. Now the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has actually come out and sort of retracted their story, now saying that they, quote, misled the readers, unquote, in their story, where they claimed that the new voter laws, the new election laws in Georgia were racist and were reminiscent of the Jim Crow era and that they were designed to suppress black votes. They had no choice, the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, that is, but to retract this story, to say, oops, we made big mistake, because the Washington Post newspaper actually called out the Atlanta Journal-Constitution and pointed out each and every one of the lies, the misstatements, the out-and-out fabrication of fact performed by the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Here's the problem, and here's where Gropey Joe comes in. Gropey Joe Biden actually used excerpts from that misleading, erroneous, fake, false, made-up story in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution when he called out Major League Baseball and said, hey, you guys need to move out of the state of Georgia. That's a racist place, and there's no place in the United States of America for this kind of racist suppression of votes for African American 13% double-A hyphenated Americans. No place at all. You should move your team like the Atlanta Braves and your office locations out of racist Georgia for their racist, biased, bigoted Jim Crow era voting laws. Uh Uh-oh. 
It was, of course, found out that there are no racist, suppressive voter laws. And that, in fact, the new voter laws in Georgia expand voting, which will help more minorities to be able to get to the polls around their jobs for those who have them. There is no suppression. There is no Jim Crow era link between the current recently passed voter laws in Georgia and the evil suppressive ones of the Democrat Jim Crow era in the South. Will Joe Biden have balls enough to stand up, you think, and retract his calling for Major League Baseball to pull out? Do you think Joe Biden has the cojones to stand up and admit he was wrong? Well, if you're waiting for an apology, you'll be waiting in a very, very long line. Not only does gropey Joe Biden probably not even remember making that speech or saying those words that he stole from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, the White House is steering far, far away now that the truth has come out. For even though you and I find that the truth hurts, for the Joe Biden administration, the truth is inconvenient and can simply be swept under the rug or pushed out the door, never to be heard from again. And what of Major League Baseball? The commissioner of the Major League Baseball organization is a member in the Masters, the Augusta National Golf Championship course. You know, where the Masters is held each year. Remember, a couple years ago, they tried to get Augusta to change the name of the Masters because they said anything with the term master must be stricken from the English language. Because for if there is a master, there must be an oppressed slave. And that oppressed slave must be a double-A, 13% hyphenated American, African american minority. And therefore, any time the word masters is used, there should be a sin cast upon it. Do you think that the commissioner of baseball, who is a member of the Augusta National Golf Course in Georgia, in racist, suppressor-voted, bigoted Georgia, you think he's going to give up his membership in Augusta National? Do you think the big red soft drink manufacturer whose headquarters is in Atlanta is going to give up his membership in Augusta National, the home of the masters? I highly, highly doubt it. But it's okay, because there is a double standard. You see, it's okay for some people to claim racism, to claim that equality and fairness does not exist, and that every poor black person in the country is a victim of racism. The Reverend Al Sharptongue the skinny, anorexic old man who we still don't know what church he supposedly is a reverend at, is calling for large corporations and the wealthiest of Americans to do their part and to pay their fair share because there is so many people without, so many people in this nation without, that's hungry, 
that needs things and these rich white men what owns these corporations ain't paying their fair share and they need to come off some of their dollars and give it to the poor to the black to the downtrodden Al Sharp Tongue owes over four million dollars in back taxes now I want you to think for just a moment how much money have you made in income if you have to pay four million dollars in taxes those are the back taxes he owes Al Sharp Tongue must be raking it in hand over fist because as a reverend he gets 501c3 charity status he is tax exempt on much of his income because if he claims that income is for the will of God for the will of the people he doesn't get taxed on it so the portion of income that is taxable for the reverend Al Sharp Tongue that has forced him to have to be four million dollars in debt in the form of back taxes to the United States. The man must be making money hand over fist, over hand over fist. And he has the nerve, the audacity, the unmitigated gall to claim that there are certain white men in this country that is not be paying their fair share. Talk about a double standard. Talk about hypocrisy. Talk about ridiculousness. Not the television show. The situation. This is the Truth Hurts program. <laughs> what a shame. We'll be right back. As Donald Trump's Operation Warp Speed has taken hold and really started on its path and started to really dig its heels in and do the right thing of curing the United States of America of the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus, the Biden administration continues to try to take credit for all of those wonderful accomplishments made by Donald Trump, Mike Pence, and Operation Warp Speed. They've already tried to make you believe that there was no vaccine prior to Biden's inauguration. We all know that was a lie because we saw it right there on television. Joe Biden himself taking not one, but both doses of the vaccine in his feeble old arms before he was inaugurated as president. But don't tell that to any loyal Biden supporter or Trump hater. They're brainwashed. They already think there was no vaccine before Biden took office. We all know there was, and we all know that there were a million shots a day on average going into the arms of Americans. As supplies ramp up under the plan, the program, the process, the procedure of Operation Warp Speed, which has been co-opted by the Biden administration, more and more Americans are taking the vaccine. If I am going to ever take the vaccine, it will be the one-shot Johnson & Johnson version, which has far fewer side effects, and you don't have to go back two weeks later in hopes 
that your vaccine site will have enough doses around of the Moderna or Pfizer to properly inoculate you with the second dose. To me, if that vaccine wasn't good enough to get you right on one try, then that vaccine isn't good enough for me. The Wuhan China novel coronavirus, as I predicted late, late, late in January of 2020, over a year ago, will never go away as a political talking point, as a means to an end for the Democrats to continue to hold their hands, their thumbs over Americans, to keep people locked down, to keep the nation and its economy in a state of negative flux. As more and more states are realizing that most of this was a hoax. Yes, there's a virus. I am not saying there was no virus. But a virus that killed less than 0.003% of those who contracted the virus and less than 0.0008% of all of the American population. It was not the great pandemic that was set to wipe out half of our nation. It never was. It was just another version of the flu, just another virus like SARS, like MERS, like bird flu, swine flu, the seasonal flu. People get sick and die each and every year from the flu. It's amazing how in the year 2020, the first full year of the so-called Wuhan China novel coronavirus pandemic. We had hardly anyone die of the flu? Well, now, boys and girls, your friends at the CDC are saying, the reason that there weren't so many deaths from the flu as there have been in the past 200-plus years since we kept records is because people were washing their hands and people were covering their faces with the magic masks. And because people were cleaning up and social distancing. Of course, I call bullshit. The reason there was no reported flu death was because anyone who died of anything that closely resembles any virus were simply reclassified as COVID deaths. If you have 80,000 people who die in a given year from the flu... And then suddenly in the year 2020, you had less than 500 people die of the flu. But miraculously, you have supposedly a couple of hundred thousand who died of COVID. When we all know most of those deaths were not from COVID or of COVID, but were from heart attacks, pneumonia, and other simple causes of death, you know, like motorcycle crashes, falling out of an 18-story building, drownings, shootings. Well, the autopsy has revealed that the major cause of death here was 17 gunshot wounds. Did he have any COVID? Uh, Yes, we did find small traces of the Wuhan China novel coronavirus of 2019 in our autopsy. Call it a COVID death. It was a COVID death. It couldn't be anything other than a COVID death. I have friends and family who died during the 2020 full year of the COVID-19 crisis. One died from organ failure. One died from 
a heart attack. One died in a car crash. All were listed initially as COVID deaths. But you will not see a retraction. You will not see a change. You will not see an amendment or a modification or even an asterisk put by those people's names when it comes to the cause of death. Because it goes against the Democrat narrative that sought to do one thing and one thing only in the United States when it came to the Wuhan China novel coronavirus. And that was to make you, the sheeple, believe that Donald Trump did not do enough to fight this pandemic. And in many other nations of the world, where the COVID-19 pandemic reared its ugly head, there were also political gains for progressive communist parties to put the blame upon free government systems to try and blame them for not managing things properly and being able to say, if this was communist government, we would handle different. Everyone would be fixed. But no, capitalist society want to make money from COVID. So they sell vaccine. They try to make money from it. Ridiculous, folks. The bottom line is Donald Trump set into place the Operation Warp Speed program to develop in record time a cure, a vaccine against the Wuhan China novel coronavirus, and to put into place a means of getting those shots into people's arms. That is the truth. And to the Democrats, that truth hurts. Because no matter how they try to spin it, real thinking Americans, people with common sense, understand how the calendar works. They understand that the de development of that vaccine occurred under Donald Trump. And that development of a vaccine usually takes almost a decade, but was done in record time. And yes, the vaccines developed under Donald Trump are relatively safe when compared to other vaccines. I'm not trying to tell you rush out tomorrow and get the vaccine. I am probably going to get it because the agency for whom I work full time requires it and I kind of like getting a paycheck every two weeks. So I'm going to probably go ahead and opt in for the next round of the J&J &J vaccine and I'll let you know what side effects I feel. And hopefully I won't grow a third eye or a fifth testicle. Wait a minute. It doesn't mean I already have four. It just doesn't mean I have more than two eyes already. Anyhow, Joe Biden's administration is doing everything they can. When things go wrong, they turn around and try to claim that Donald Trump didn't do enough soon enough. When things go right, they try to take credit for it. It's right out of the Democrat playbook. You've seen it time and time again. I've seen it time and time again. But the American people who are enlightened, who are educated, who are intelligent, who have something called common sense, which, by the way, they cannot inject common sense into your arm through a vaccine. Those people with common sense understand and appreciate and realize the fact that Joe Biden did not develop this vaccine, nor a program to get it into people's arms. Those processes, programs, and procedures were well underway under the Donald Trump administration in record time. That's the truth, boys and girls. 
And sometimes the truth hurts. We'll be right back. Once upon a time, the American people would turn on a Sunday evening to the CBS television network where they could watch a program of journalism, ethics, and factual reporting with a small bias to the left. That program was called 60 Minutes. Yes, 60 Minutes used to run really interesting pieces, and most of them were fact-based. Most of them were hard-hitting, revealing, tell-all, investigative journalism at their best. But now 60 Minutes is just yet another drop of urine in the toilet bowl of mainstream media reporting. Yes, boys and girls, this past weekend, 60 Minutes did a hit piece on Governor Ron DeSantis of Florida. It was, to say the very least, a fabricated bowl of garbage. What they do is, if you've ever sat down for a television interview or done a television interview with someone, they get hours and hours of question and answer sessions. And then they go back to the editing room and they piece together what they want you to hear, not the whole story. And that's what they did about Governor DeSantis this past weekend. You see, Governor DeSantis has been very, very active in getting people in the state of Florida, the most vulnerable populations, vaccinated against the Wuhan, China novel coronavirus of 2019. Many governors made decisions early in the vaccine process to say, we're going to vaccinate our elderly, our senior citizens first because they are our most vulnerable population. Many Democrat governors were praised as being heroes for helping out their seniors. When Governor DeSantis did it, the people at 60 Minutes said, oh, no, no. How dare Governor DeSantis put elderly people in line ahead of frontline workers like school teachers and bus drivers and cafeteria workers and cashiers? You know, younger people with better immune systems? They turned it around, they twisted it around, and then they somehow tried to link a $100,000 campaign donation that was made to the DeSantis campaign for reelection by a company called Publix, a very nice grocery store chain. They're usually fairly clean in most of those locations that I've been in. So Publix made a donation to the DeSantis campaign, and somewhere along the way, Publix decided to do something altruistic and let their stores be open to become vaccination sites. And here's why. CVS and Walgreens had already exhausted most of their available resources for giving out vaccinations to elderly people in nursing homes and elder care facilities. So that didn't leave very much for the people to... um, for for CVS and Walgreens to have left to give to other people. So what happened was Publix decided, well, we'll go ahead and we'll open up our vaccination sites to non-homebound people. You can come on into our Publix locations 
and we'll do the vaccines here. Of course, 60 Minutes got their facts wrong and tried to claim that the public's use of vaccination sites in their public's facilities, P-U-B-L-I-X, by the way, was somehow tied to this $100,000 campaign donation made to the DeSantis campaign. There was no connection. There was no correlation. But that didn't stop 60 Minutes from coming up with a bullshit story, a complete and utter fabrication, a lie of epic proportions designed to make it look like Ron DeSantis was on the take and was offering political patronage to this grocery store chain. Somehow, because the grocery store chain was giving out Wuhan, China, novel coronavirus vaccinations. It's amazing. Amazing the lows these media pukes will stoop to. Amazing that after it was found out that 60 Minutes did make up this whole thing, this bullshit storyline, and after they were called out on it, they refused to do a retraction. They refused to even mention it on the CBS News, as they would have when they were still an honorable media outlet. Back in the day when a news story turned out to be false, misleading, a lie, media outlets would at least have the decency, the courtesy, the courage to come forward and apologize and issue a retraction and say, oops, we effed up. And here's how we want to make it up to you. In our show on Sunday, when we said Governor DeSantis was on the take with a $100,000 campaign contribution, we were mistaken. And we would like to offer our apologies to Governor DeSantis, as well as the Publix grocery store chain. They won't do that because they have no balls. They have no integrity. They have no willingness to admit when they are wrong. And that, my friends, is the truth. And for 60 Minutes and CBS, since they just sweep it under the rug, apparently the truth will hurt. Hopefully hurt their ratings. And hopefully Publix will make a conscious effort, a decision to pull advertising from CBS and its affiliates and say, hey, you screwed with our integrity. Now we're gonna screw with your pocketbook, your wallet. This is the Truth Hurts program. Oh my goodness, what a day, what a day. Still driving, folks, still driving, and still watching the idiots on the highway. You know, when you do something stupid behind the wheel, it's always best to not do something stupid in a company truck or a vehicle with how's my driving and an 800 number and your vehicle ID number on it. I just got passed on the right-hand shoulder of the interstate. Now, I'm already probably exceeding the speed limit by about five miles an hour, and I'm on a section of road. I'm in the right lane. There are cars whizzing past me on the left and the center left, and this truck just decided, ah, he's tired of waiting. So he passed me on the right, and during that short break, I caught up to him with my dash cam and my regular camera phone here, and I took a picture not only of him in excess of 94 miles an hour in a 70, but passing another car on the shoulder. I think that's illegal. I'm fairly certain it's illegal. But I got it on video watching him go past, and then I called the 800 number. How's my driving? And his unit number. 
And I thought to myself, I'm probably going to get blown off here. But what happened was amazing. So during that short break, I made that phone call. I wish I had recorded what was said here so I could play it for you folks. It was amazing. The operator was courteous. She asked for the unit number of that particular vehicle. She asked if I got the license plate number, and I'd said, of course. I gave her the name on the side of the vehicle and a visual, because we got stuck in traffic up here, I ended up alongside this Yahoo. I got a visual good look at the guy's face. And also of him calling me number one by giving me the middle finger. Yes, boys and girls, I called that number and I told the young lady what was happening. She put a supervisor on the telephone, or at least she claims it was a supervisor, and he apologized profusely and asked me if I would mind holding on the line. He then dialed the cell phone number of the individual working for this company. Don't ask me how I know or how he had it or if it was even that person, but it appeared to because I watched the guy pick up the phone. And then I got to watch the guy's hands flailing back and forth in the air. Uh, the guy I got a good talking to for sure, if that was indeed what I saw. And maybe he'll lose his job. And I, your wonderful host, might be responsible right now for the adding to the unemployment rate of this moron who decided he was much more important than me on the highway. So he would pass me on the shoulder and kick rocks up all over the F-250. If you lose your job, buddy, you did it to yourself. And that is the truth. And for you, my friend, come this afternoon when you return to your office with your company vehicle, the truth for you may very well hurt. Looks like that's about all the time we have for in this edition of the Truth Hurts program. Tuesday, mid-morning, on the highway from the front seat of the old F-250, I'm your host, Steve Z. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to the Truth Hurts program. Opinions expressed are protected free speech under the First Amendment to the U.S. Constitution. We apologize if you are offended, but we retract nothing. Background music by Jason Shaw and Audionautics. Copyright 2021, the Truth Hurts program network. All rights reserved.